each passing day we get closer and closer to the 2020 election cycle there are some things that i think we seriously need to talk about now before that happens that's been on my mind and that is what's happening today Welcome to another edition of the Fritz Cast. It's Tuesday, February 26, 2019. And welcome yourselves if, if this is your first time. Welcome. If this is if you're a long time, welcome. Welcome to all. Anybody can chime in and, and listen. Uh, dirty socialists, uh, uh, liberal lefties, uh, super tidy righties. The only people I don't like is like alt right. If you're alt right, I, I you know I I, I kind of don't want you here. Uh, I don't think we agree on anything. If you're alt right, but but anybody can t- can chime in and listen. You know, you can tear me apart. You can you can listen to me. You can say, oh, he's he's a sensible man with uh with, with a different view and opinion, or you can say he's a uh, full of shit. I you know I don't care. You can do whatever you want. I do this because this is my this is my venting zone. This is my zone where I can really gather my thoughts and, and really put out my perspective on things. And uh, it is it is therapeutic in a sense. Uh, that that might not be the the quintessential reason that I created Fritzcast. It might not be the main reason I do Fritzcast. But needless to say, it is a puzzle piece or a a, or for for our program, I guess it would make more sense to say it's like a Lego brick. It is like a Lego brick in the set of life. And that sounded really lame and dumb. You can just gloss over that and pretend I never said it at all. Been a busy guy um, the, these past couple weeks. This week, like, especially is a good example. Um, working, working some 16-hour shifts and then uh, picking up a, a little four-hour... Over times on top of my on top of my shifts, turning them into twelve hour shifts. Uh, Sunday, I, like Sundays, I can't bring myself to work more than just my shift. Mondays, I do a double. Uh, today, tomorrow, for example, I'm going into work at noon, uh, which I mean, it is a little easier to to manage to maintain uh, than a sixteen hour shift. Sixteen hour shifts are nuts; they're killer. It'll drive you insane. That's why I can't do more than like two in a week. That's why I pace pace yourself. Keep keep your keep your mental health sane. But for an example, that's what I'm doing this week. And then on Friday, I'm waking up early, um, taking apart my bed, moving the, my dresser out of the bedroom, moving my bed out of the bedroom, and clearing clearing out my bedroom entirely because I'm going to rip out the carpet, rip up the floor, put down new subfloor. And put my uh, my flooring down. The flooring project is back. Ding, 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 ding. Oh, my God. I lo- I'm so looking forward to this weekend and doing it. I am I am ecstatic to be doing it. I hope that you can hear it in my voice. That I am. There's nothing more that I wanted to do with my days off this week on Friday and Saturday than to rip up a bedroom and put in a, a brand new floor with the entirety of my weekend. 
Um, there's, a, I mean, literally, there's nothing more than I that that I wanted to do. Um, so yeah, that's what I that's what I'm doing. <laughs> that's what I'm doing on Friday, and then uh, the rest of the house will probably tentatively be tackled sometime in April when I have a vacation week to burn because it should take me it shouldn't take me more than two to three days to do it in in that April week but you take the whole week off so that way you just don't have to you don't have to rush and then worry about getting back to work and all that crap so that's what we're gonna that's what we're gonna do and and hopefully it goes well uh, I will have help it won't just be me and of course wifey who is now expecting and about to hit 13 weeks of pregnancy, uh, isn't doing anything because I told her, I said, you're done. You can't do nothing no more. And that's the breaks. That's the breaks. You fall back and have fun over there developing baby. You do that. I'll be over here ripping up floors, getting dust in my lungs. Well, not really because I wear a mask because I'm a smart man. And, uh, yeah, you just relax. So, so it'll be fun to, to see how far I get with that this weekend. Um, but I should, in theory, at least on paper, be able to tear up the whole room, put down a new subfloor, seal it off with foam, and put down the new plank flooring. Uh, it, it'll probably take me, I don't know, it'll probably take me the better part of eight or nine hours, maybe ten hours, but... It is what it is. I'll probably order a pizza out of it. I'll burn a lot of calories. And then if I'm really tempted to, I'll just grab a beer when I'm done and call it a night. But did I mention I'm really looking forward to that? I, I mean, I'm super looking forward to that. Absolutely stunning for that. And and then I have applications in. I've been studying up on new positions at work and uh, advancing that cause. So we'll see what comes up with that. Other than that, I mean, you know how you get into these, like, these... I'm not going to say ruts in life, but you you hit these patches where you either have a lot going on or nothing going on, and sometimes that affects your overall mood and, and stuff. Like, so, right now, the primary focus is get the house straightened up, um, work the overtimes that I can work to bolster up the money, pay off some of the debt and the bills and make sure that uh, like this flooring project and all the house stuff that we need to get done is done before this baby gets here because when this baby gets here it's life is changed forever and it and like I said every every passing week I don't want to reiterate myself or, or sound like a broken record or beat a dead horse or you know any of the any of the um, any of the expressions that you could use here uh, I don't want to over and over and over again Th- this week there hasn't been any like you know new developments or anything I could really share but you know every day I wake up and I go to work and if, if work gets rough if if work gets to me if something really grinds on my skin or whatever I have this new like calm down appreciation I have this new like all I have to do is really breathe and go dude um you're going to be a father. You're going to have a baby soon. Like, that is, that's constantly on my mind now. 
um, that might actually play in a little bit into this episode and what I want to talk about, but we'll, we'll see if I venture that route when I talk about it. But th- that is like my go-to place now. Um, you know, I have pictures of the ultrasounds on my phone. That's actually my phone lock screen when I pull it up. It is the uh, the last ultrasound um, sonogram that we have of the baby, and that's kind of like my daily. It's kind of like my daily reminder when I click on my phone. That's the first thing I see. If I need to calm down, the first thing I think of is you know you you got you have a kid on the way, and and one of the things I, I that I probably I, I'm pretty sure I talked about it in an episode already, but. I mean, it, it gets to me on a level that just because my father passed away when I was, you know, about four years old, uh, I grew up without that father figure, and so in my head, you know, there's a lot of there, there, there's a lot of thinking about, you know, I I didn't have this relationship with my father that you know some of my family did have. And that, uh, you know, friends and acquaintances, I can look at them and see the relationships they had with their father. Their fathers are still alive. Um, you know, thing, things like that. And I don't have that. So that's another, I guess, I guess you could say it's another exciting venture when it comes to this thing. Is that I know I'm going to be a father. And I know in my head what it was like to grow up without my father being there. So it's like I know what kind of impact and what kind of involvement I want to have in my children's lives. I know what kind of father I want to be. Uh, Because despite the fact that dad was gone from my childhood, uh, the impact of my father was still there. I still see that in my siblings. And everybody that's ever known my father Anybody that's ever wanted to talk to me about my father only has ever spoken highly of him. And that is something, you know, in in my head and in my heart, that makes me realize how good of a man he was. Despite all the antics and other stories of him being a, a jackass. <laughs> but I, you know what I mean. He He had fun. He joked. He did that stuff, but at the core, a good man. So I know that I already know that there's ways that I want to emulate him. I already know that there's ways that I am my father's son just from my mother and my siblings telling me as such. You know, even though I never had that direct, you could say I didn't have that direct influence in my life. But in, in many ways, there's the, the, the spirit of my father lives on within me, you know. That being said, uh, the, the, I have a friend on Twitter. Some of you may may know her already. A lot of people already know who she is, follow her. She has over 29,000 followers on Twitter, and I just so happen to be one of the few lucky people that she follows. Um, but her name is Josie. She's known as the Red-Headed Libertarian, and she just got a hookup as a contributor at the Federalist, which is uh, it's a web magazine of culture, entertainment, and politics. Be lovers of freedom and anxious for the fray. Uh, she wrote an article, uh, Josie, a little bit about her. She, she's, she's a funny gal. 
uh, a contrarian of sorts. Uh, uh, as her Twitter profile says, she's a habitual line stepper. Uh, she's a very interesting person. I caught on to her back in the uh, 2016 election process when I was uh, really diving into and flipping over to libertarianism myself. Uh, she's also, I mean, she's not perfect. She's got flaws. She's a New England Patriots fan. Uh, I believe she's also from uh, the, the Massachusetts area. Um, at least according to her Twitter, she's from the Massachusetts area. That would make sense that she's a Patriots fan. It's okay to have flaws. It's all right. It's not a big deal. All right, the Eagles beat them uh, two Super Bowls ago. Uh, even though the Patriots came back and won the last Super Bowl. Um, but uh, so she's a Patriots fan. Whatever. Of course, if you're a Patriots fan or if you're a football fan, you happen to know that Patriots owner Robert Kraft got into a little bit of legal trouble uh, over, you know, the past week, weekend, whatever. Um, he was caught in a prostitution sting spearheaded by Florida's Jupiter Police Department. Ripped that from Josie's article itself. Um, quoting her article, in fact, quote, the, the details are still unfolding as to whether this was a consensual arrangement between two adults or something more insidious involving sex trafficking. If it was the latter, one must wonder whether Kraft knew what he was getting into, but if this was a run-of-the-mill prostitution and he wanted to enter into relations with another consenting adult and she with him, that should be none of our business, end quote. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm having that conversation here, this is one of those. Uh, uh, this is one of those very. It's very taboo uh, to talk about the subject still in public. But bear with me. If you're the type that uh, that's not adopting the the full blown libertarian model or, or idea of of minimalizing the government impact and and all that stuff, uh, let's just say out and out. Uh, yes, there's a huge sex trafficking problem in the world right now and especially with child sex trafficking and that's disgusting um it is it is a horrendous crime that is going on that includes coercion um abuse um slavery it it encompasses a lot of different things going on with people being trafficked around for the purposes of uh, being used as sex objects, which is disgusting and it's wrong. Okay, prostitution, however, let's let's divide the two things. Prostitution, in a sense, um, while not while while maybe not uh, I don't know moral or correct. Um, I've I've had this argument with a lot of people too. So I'm trying to I'm trying to formulate how I'm how I'm saying it so it comes out the right way, in such a way that people get where I'm coming from here. Um, prostitution. I would never solicit a woman, uh, or a man, <laughs> woman or man. It's 2019. We have to clarify these things. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't solicit anybody to pay money, pay my money for their sex services. All right, I'm. That seems whoa, way, way out of my league, and not worth it to me. And you know, parts of it from my religious upbringing 
moral background. You know, I wrap my I can't wrap my head around, you know, it being a moral thing for me to do, like, you know, here's money, let's do sex stuff. Um, seems very awkward, very odd to me. That being said, when I started diving into libertarianism, uh, libertarianism talks a lot about self-ownership, uh, being responsible for your body. This is what turned me around on the drug war stuff. Well, two things turned me around on the drug war stuff. The, the self-ownership, you know, what, what the government being able to tell you what is good, what is bad, what's allowed, number one. And then number two, working in the prison system has shown me that uh, if, if your plan for getting people off of drugs is just to lock them up and that will solve the problem, it doesn't work. Uh, it doesn't work, people. Locking people up for possessing cocaine and doing cocaine doesn't stop them from doing cocaine, right? That's a logical, that's a logical point. Also, if we just came out and completely decriminalized, maybe even legalized cocaine, it's not like Joe Blows, who, who's never done cocaine and never had an interest in doing cocaine, is going to go, you know what, they just, uh, they just legalized cocaine, and um, I'm going to do a bump. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go do a bump because it's legal now. No, Joe Blow's probably going to be like, you know what, I've never done cocaine, not really interested in cocaine, still think cocaine's bad, but whatever. That's probably what Joe Blow's going to do. Which is why I've turned around on the drug war. If we're not going to full-out legalize the drugs, then at least full-out decriminalize the drugs. I say legalize because in my mind that pictures up ideas of dismantling the massive black markets and crime rings that control that stuff. Because they'll just get phased out. There won't be a purpose for them anymore. Now, does that mean that it's going to entirely eliminate, eliminate the black market for it? No, not entirely. But I think it'll cut down a significant amount. And again, you don't have Joe Blow going, you know, cocaine's legal now, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a bump or a snort a line or whatever. You know, I don't see that. I don't see that because... I'm the type of guy right now who they say, you know, oh, we're on the cusp of, of marijuana legalization all around the nation. It's sitting there on the cusp. And I don't have any, I don't have any stake to claim in that. Uh, it, it, with my current profession anyway, they legalize it. I still can't use it. And I don't have an interest in using it. I don't do not have an interest in using it. But why am I going to stop somebody else from using it? We we already we took the steps with medical usage so that people could use it for pain management and control. Uh the THC oils and and hemp oils and and things like that. Uh the, the cannabis oil has been found to have stunning medical benefits especially in people who, you know, have cancer and shit. And that hits me on a personal level. The fact that this stuff was just illegal because there was a big campaign against it. And dismantling the propaganda that was behind marijuana, oh my god, that would, that would, no, that would open up a, uh, we would be in like two or three episodes talking about that crap. So we're not going to do that. You see my point, hopefully, in my turn on the drug war. Alright, I don't think that uh, legalizing it outright will make people go, hey, ecstasy's cool now, 
let's all get some. Don't see it. Don't see it at all. Prostitution. If a man or a woman wants to sell their body and do sexual acts and sexual favors and all that in exchange for money, so you have two consenting parties doing it, on that level right there, why shouldn't it be legal? Mind you, we're not talking about, you know, is it the most moral thing, all right? Uh, I understand people with religious upbringings and have had this, you know, beaten into their head that's bad and that, you know, sex is between two consenting, you know, adults. You know, some people get into it can only be a man and a woman, you know. The, 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 we, we get into all these things. Prostitution. If a man or a woman wants to engage in that line of work willingly by them you know by themselves not conscripted not in sex trafficking not enslaved to do it not controlled by some pimp you know take out those factors because those are black market factors for it take all that out if it's a consenting adult wanting to do it and a consenting adult wanting to pay money for it at this point we do not have a crime. We do not have a need for the government to be in between those people. They can do it. That's how I see it in my mind. They can do it. I would never do it. I would, God, no, I would never do it. But at the end of the day, it's not my business what these two people are doing. It's the same thing. As the gay marriage, as the as the as the LGBTQIA community, what they're doing behind closed doors in a bedroom, ha- living their l- relationships and their lives, those are things that are not my business and not the business of any state or federal government business. Not my business. Do not care because it's consenting parties what they want it's what they want to willingly do so obviously I read something like the craft story which as of right now I don't I haven't read any updates but as of right now there is no definitive yes or no if it was trafficking or prostitution or a little bit of both mixed in but I got the point of of Josie's article she mentioned on Twitter that uh all the people commenting on her article in tweets and such didn't actually read the article from what she wrote. They were just making comments based off the headline or maybe reading you know, the first snippet or paragraph of what she wrote. And then I tweeted out to her and I, I told her uh, probably it was probably between 2016 and 2017 I did a podcast episode in which I talked about the soundbite world. This is the digital world of the 21st century, 2000, you know, this is from like 2010 and beyond. Nobody, it, it seems to me, obviously people do, but the vast majority of what you get online, interacting with people, and, and, and I think this is the vast majority of what you get from uh, if we were to plot it all out on scales and ask everybody, there's a majority of people who only read a headline. 
or only watch a two-minute news clip or listen to a 30-second soundbite. And that's not the whole story. That doesn't encompass the, the whole intent, the whole purpose, uh, the overall picture that's being painted. And it's, it is actually, in my mind, dangerous because people justify this. People justify only reading headlines, only watching those little clips, only listening to the little soundbite. And people do it at the drop of a hat. They do it on a whim, okay? Jussie Smollett, this past week, has pretty much been found out to have hoaxed his whole thing. We talked about this last week. And when I talked about it last week, there were some undiscovered things that have now come to light. And what's the Jussie Smollett case now? It appears that uh, he crushed up pills and sent a fake hate letter to himself through the mail, which made it a federal crime that dabbled in terrorism because mailing powder to people is an act of attempted trying to terrify somebody, trying to strike up terrorism. So he did that. He paid two individuals with a check that were involved in his beatdown. He doubled down in news interviews and blamed it on Donald Trump and MAGA America. The news media picked up and ran with it and gave him the spotlight. And then, when all this stuff comes to light, they, instead of really walking it back, they do this half-assed thing where they're like, oh, we need more details, we need more information. No, you guys broke this stuff. You guys took up and run with this. You guys appeal to the audiences that only read headlines and only watch your one-minute summary video and listen to your 30-second soundbite. You guys did this because this is demographics. This is clicks. This is money. This is how the world works now. And it's sad. It's sad. I've recorded how many podcasts that go above 30 minutes? And to think that the vast majority of people probably... I have listeners. I know I have listeners out there. I know you guys who listen religiously. We talk about it. Uh, I know that people listen to entire episodes. I talk to a bunch of people who listen to my podcast and a ton of other podcasts. And they listen to all the episodes, start to finish, left to right, back and forth. But I know that there's a lot of people who probably just click on my episode listen to a a little bit of stuff, and then lose interest, and then kick off. If I try to appeal to everybody's interest to keep them in the episode the entire time, uh, I would probably go nuts myself trying to adapt it to that many different people. And some people it's time constraints, and some people it's, uh, it's refusing to listen to different ideologies than what they believe. And this is the dangerous territory that we are in now. And I say that because we're about to come up onto another election cycle. And it seems as though the world has doubled down on this. It seems as though the world has not curbed this behavior from themselves. 
People still read the headlines. People still get outraged over the headlines. People still get outraged over 240 characters in a tweet. It's this on-demand, instantaneous world. This desire to have everything up front, front and center, so that people can process it and move on to the next thing. Process it and move it on to the next thing. And it's with all it's with all forms of media. How many people sit down and actually read a book start to finish anymore versus skim through a book or find somebody who's read the book who takes out all the big relevant parts in every couple of pages for them? Because you're factoring that in to television, movies, podcasts, radio, music, news, social media. The amount of information that's at people's fingertips is impossible to comprehend, impossible for one person to sift through. And here we are, we're coming up onto a 2020 election where people are impressionable off of the 30-second soundbite. Or they're impressionable off the little YouTube news clip. Or they just read the headline of the article and they move on. There's substance, there's matter, there is justification, there is discussion there is other angles there is so much to this stuff and it makes me wonder how many people are actually paying attention actually diving deeper versus how many people are just I don't know logging into Politico and taking the fact check at face value you know uh, that's that's the world that people want. They want to just be able to log in Politico, look at something that, uh, you know, Bernie Sanders might have said, and see if it is uh, rated mostly true uh, in the green. If it has a green light, green light good. Because uh, I'm not in the top tenth of 1%. Or uh, if it's uh, if it's maybe, uh, you know, maybe it's yellow. Maybe it was, you know, half true, you know. Uh, or maybe it was uh, in the red as a, as a lie, which I never told a lie in my life. Or uh, maybe it is uh, pants on fire, much like uh, much much like uh, uh, pre- uh, the president of the uh, United States right now. That's what people want. They want to just be able to log in and have somebody tell them the answers, rather than finding the answers themselves. Because it's easier. It's easier to log on and somebody to tell you orange man bad than it is to, I don't know, research and go, you know what? Donald Trump seriously is hypocritical for wanting to pull out a national emergency to build a border wall because he spoke out against national emergency use under Barack Obama. And, uh, you know, X, Y, Z. Instead of compiling up the facts like that so few people do that now most people just follow those people who do the hard work and retweet it because all they have to do is push a button push a button and 
and add 240 characters, and the world can know exactly what you think about anything anymore. And it's sad. Really, really sad. And we've had cases of Jussie Smollett coming to light where people should realize we have to pump the brakes when we're talking about these things in the news and discussing them. We have to pump the brakes and get the facts. You, you have that tying into the Covington Catholic thing from a while ago. Apparently that kid is suing for $250 million. Because of that, the kid is suing for $250 million because his face got plastered all over the news as a culprit in a big thing in which everybody was acting like a dick. And we can get lawsuits out of it. That's America. You can get a lawsuit out of anything anymore. It's just, it's crazy. It's crazy. When do we stop? When do we t- take a moment to, to try to get the substance of things rather than just this instantaneous satisfaction that doesn't even really, it's not even satisfaction. It's not even satisfaction. That's what I want people to think about in the coming weeks. I, I know I'm cutting the episode off now because um, <coughs> I don't want to raffle on about things that I'm not brushed up on considering how short my weeks have been recently. But I think it's important enough. I think that discussion alone, as we march into 2020 elections, I think it's very important that we all slow down, pump the brakes, and realize that we can't keep falling into these traps of just reading headlines or just watching these little news clips. Because it's not giving us the full picture. It's not giving us the full story. We're not talking about the important things anymore. We're not. We absolutely are not. And two prominent Democratic faces, Bernie Sanders and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, are all in on something like the Green New Deal, which most people haven't even read, and most people don't realize how ambitious and unachievable that is as framework for for possible future legislation, especially when the country's in $22 trillion of debt. And you also have had Bernie Sanders, if you... This is the craziest thing ever. Final note. All that 2016 of me bringing out uh, the burn voice and talking about uh, talking about sending people to uh, you know uh, tuition free college and uh, starting uh, social programs and uh, fifteen fifteen dollar an hour minimum wage and uh, things of that nature. Just uh, mostly. Busting out the, the, the birdie voice and talking about how Secretary Clinton uh, is a horrible person, even though I decided to cast my vote for her on the floor of the Democratic National Convention. And then I immediately became an independent again and was not part of the 
Democratic Party anymore, even though I'm now back at the Democratic Party, ready to run again on my talking points that have become much more prominent since 2016. Never kind of sad at myself in this, never went back to Bernie's videos in the in the 1990s, in the 1980s, when he's talking about and praising Cuba and Fidel Castro. And we all know how well that went. And he was talking about Venezuela being good, and we all know what Venezuela is doing right now, and we all know what people are saying about what needs to be done about Venezuela, but... The Democratic Party, the only thing the Democratic Party really wants you to know right now is that Tulsi Gabbard is a bad person because she once went to Syria and talked to Assad. So she's terrible. That's all the Democratic Party wants you to know right now. Out of all the candidates in the field, they want you to know Tulsi Gabbard, bad choice. That's it. That's all the Democratic Party wants you to know. Tulsi Gabbard, bad choice. She talked to Assad. Assad kills children, right? Right? He gasses children, right? There's not some huge Syrian civil war going on that we were a primary cause of with regime change and all that. But, oh, by the way, Venezuela's pretty much in the shitter and we might not have to get involved with Venezuela just remember Tulsi Gabbard bad kind of kind of like orange man bad anyway guys thanks for listening this week uh I will be back next week please follow me on Twitter at FritzQS follow Josie on Twitter uh she is at T-R-H-L official she will come up as Josie 2.0. Follow her on Twitter because now she's contributing to the Federalist. If you're not already following her, you should be following her. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Uh, I am on Facebook.com slash the Fritzcast. We are on Spotify. We are on SoundCloud. We are on iTunes. Share that with all your buddies. If you need to get in direct contact with me, it's FritzcastPodcast at gmail.com. And remember, taxation isn't theft, but everybody is doing their damnness to crunch the numbers and get the biggest refund possible. All right. Love you guys. Bye.